MongoDB is a document-based database engine, which is different from your traditional relational database engine, such as MySQL. Now, in this episode, I want to cover the basics of MongoDB using the Mongo Mapper gem. Now, I became interested in MongoDB thanks to John Noonmaker, the man behind the excellent RailsTips.org blog. Now, he created a post recently that highlights seven features of MongoDB and MongoMapper, uh, which contrasts over a traditional relational database, which I think uh, provides some unique aspects and cool functionality that you might be interested in. So I encourage you to read this post and just see if it piques your interest as well. Now, one thing that I really enjoy is that, well, there's no migrations. Uh, it's basically a schemaless database engine where each row is its own document, which can have its own set of attributes, which can be different than the other documents in the database. So this means that there's no set in stone schema. You can basically define the schema on the fly if you want to. To get started, you'll first need to install MongoDB, which you can find it on the mongodb.org site. Just go to the download section and select the one for your operating system. Now, if you're using Mac OS X, I recommend you check out this article, which I'll link to in the show notes, for installing MongoDB. One of the nice things is that it has a launch daemon file here so that you can use this to automatically start MongoDB when you launch or start up your computer. So that way you don't have to manually start it up each time. And also, uh, if you are going through this article, I recommend that you use the latest version of MongoDB instead of the one used here, which in this case is 1.2.0, I believe. Now, once you get this set up, you should be able to just go to localhost with this port number, and it should respond back with the MongoDB here. So that way you know it's started up and working. Now that we have Mongo installed, let's see how we can use it in a Rails application. So I'm going to create a Rails application from scratch here in this episode. We'll just call it to-do. Then we can hop in there and then open it up in TextMate. Now we're going to be using the Mongo Mapper gem to communicate with Mongo from our Rails app. So to do that, we could just do config.gem uh, Mongo Mapper. And we could do this just inside of our environment config file. We also need to set up some additional configuration, and I like to do this inside of an initializer file, so we can go under config initializers and create a new file under here. I'm just going to call it uh, mongo-config. doesn't really matter what you call it. And then just set up the database in here. And all we really need is one line to specify the name of the database. So we just say mongo-mapper-database equals whatever we want. In this case, we'll say to-do dash uh, Rails environment. So this way we'll have a separate database for production, test, and development. Now if you're moving this into production, there's probably a lot more you want to do here for authentication and so on, but for now this will work for just development. And then finally we can simply do uh, rake gems install to ensure that our Mongo mapper gem is installed in all of its dependencies. All right, now we can start building our application. So this is a simple to-do list application where we have a project model and projects have many tasks. So what I wanna do is I'll just use my nifty generators in this episode to, for convenience to speed things up, but really you can generate these files any way you want and I'll cover the Mongo specific things in detail later. So here, let's just first generate a layout. So I'll do a nifty layout and then I'll just create an application layout file. 
And next I'll just use my scaffolding generator to generate a project model. So nifty scaffold project. And we'll just give this a name attribute. And uh, because this is not a traditional model, it's not going to have a database uh, schema. So we're just going to skip the migration. And that just won't generate the migration file for the scaffolding. But like I said, uh, this will just generate a controller and view uh, that you can generate on your own if you want to. And it also just generates a model which is based on active record now, but let's change this uh, right now. So if we go to that project model file, you can see that it's using active record right now, but we don't want this. We want to use uh, Mongo Mapper. So to do this, you just include Mongo Mapper document. And that will use Mongo Mapper instead of active record. Now to define the attributes on the model, you use this key method. And then you just provide the name of the attribute. In this case, we want name. And then you define the type, or actually the Ruby class that you want it to fall under, in this case, string. So that will basically map that Ruby object strings into the name attribute for the project documents. So now when we start up our application, we can go to our projects controller here, and we can interact with it just like uh, normally. We can create new projects, we can edit them, and so on. So this is interacting with MongoDB just like it would with Active Record through the Mongo Mapper. So Mongo Mapper really behaves very similarly to Active Record as far as the outside interfaces. You can perform finds on it and uh, create and destroy and update records just like you would through Active Record. It even supports validations the same way Active Record does. So you could do validates presence of name inside your project model. And then we couldn't create a new project without the name attribute. But there's actually a better way to do this presence of validations. Since we're defining the attributes in here, you can actually move it in line and just say required is true. And that will do the same thing as the validates presence of uh, validation. Now, because MongoDB is a schemaless database, the attributes you define here are very flexible. You can instantly add them without doing any kind of migrations. So let's say uh, we want a priority uh, column here or attribute and we just want it uh, an integer type. And then we can interact with this attribute throughout the rest of our application uh, just like we would in Active Record. For example here in our project form uh, we can define a new text field here. Uh, actually let's make it a select menu with the values uh, one through five. And then in our show page, let's just display it here. If I can spell it right. All right, so we can try this out, just hit reload. We can now choose a priority, give it a name, click submit, and now that priority is established to that project. Now you may be wondering what happens to the other project we created before the priority attribute existed uh, on that project. Well, if you check it out, you can see the priority is just blank. It's just a nil value because that attribute does not exist on that specific document in MongoDB. Next, let me show you associations. So we know we want uh, to have a task model, so a project has many tasks. So let's generate that. 
So I'll use my nifty scaffold generator again for task. And let's define a project ID column. In this case, a project ID is not an integer, it's a string, but since we're skipping migrations, it doesn't really matter too much. And uh, we'll give it a name and how about a completed Boolean field. Now, just like before, inside of our task model, instead of using active record here, we want to include a Mongo mapper document and then change our specify our attributes here using the key method. And then we need to define their type. So completed is a Boolean. The name is a string. And then the object ID is a little bit tricky here. If you're familiar with active record, you would do integer, but as the way Mongo stores IDs isn't just a simple integer. It's actually using a special object like object ID. And um, that way it'll reference it properly. And then we just define our association here. So we can do like belongs to a project, just like we would an active record. However, from the project's end, it has many tasks, but you don't specify it in that sense from the project, you just do many tasks. So it's a little bit different than active record here. So now we can use our tasks scaffolding, just like we did with the project and create new tasks. However, defining the project ID is kind of a pain. It would be better if we had a select menu here. So we can go to our task form and again, treat it just like we would any active record model where we can do a collection select here on the project ID. We'll just fetch all the projects and use the ID value and display the name to the user. So now when we reload the page, we have a nice little menu for selecting the project the task belongs to. So let's just type in a task here. And then we get the project ID assignment here. It would be nice if we had the project's name here instead. So instead of our task show view here, we could just do task.project.name and then reload. And then it displays the project's name just like it would in active record. Now let me finish up this episode by showing you a few techniques for finding Mongo models through the console. Now in some ways it's very much like active records. So for example, you can do project.all to fetch all the projects. Uh, you can find a specific one given an ID. Um, you can supply uh, options to the all method, such as order. So order by the name and so on. And you can also support a conditions hash but the conditions are kind of interesting because in Mongo Mapper they are moved in lines, so you can also access conditions just by passing the attribute straight into the all or find method. So in this case, we can say priority is three without supplying the conditions hash, and that will do the find properly as well. Now, what about more complicated conditions? Because Mongo isn't based on SQL, it doesn't use that, so you can't just supply an SQL string into the conditions. Instead, it has its own basic uh, language for interacting with uh, more complicated conditions. But Mongo Mapper provides kind of a convenient way to get around that, and that is just supplying a method on this symbol, such as uh, greater than or equal to a two. And that'll fetch all the projects with a priority that's greater than two. Um, you could also do like priority is in uh, two and three, and that'll find all the projects 
that have the priority as in one of those and supplied in the array. So a lot of cool ways to access uh, various objects and find them through these con complex conditions. Well, that's all I have time for in this episode. Now, I've really only scratched the surface on MongoDB and MongoMapper, so I encourage you to uh, use this and sort of build upon it and research it on your own. Uh, I know there's a mailing list and a few other things you can check out on MongoMapper to get more information. Now, the big question is, is MongoDB something you'd want to replace your uh, MySQL database or some other SQL database with? Uh, it's really up to you, and I really encourage you to just give MongoDB a try and just see for yourself and see if it fits in certain places. I encourage you to try it on a side project first just to make sure uh, it works the way you expect it to. But in the long term, I really think document databases such as MongoDB and CouchDB and so on are really worth watching carefully because I do think that they will play a bigger part in the future of building Rails applications. And well, that's it for this episode. I hope you found it helpful.